Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. As we turn our attention to college football, and uh, I have finalized three picks for this weekend that I wrote about for vsin.com. Maybe an additional couple of picks in correlation with those, like over-unders with sides. Uh, But I was thinking about some futures, and I was thinking about the Heisman Award. And right now, the favorite is Bryce Young of Alabama. Matt Corral of Ole Miss is the second favorite. C.J. Stroud of Ohio State is the third favorite. Kenny Pickett, remember several weeks ago when I was driving the Kenny Pickett bus at plus 4,000 to win the Heisman Trophy? And I said, I said Kenny Pickett, Kevin, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett. And now he's at plus 1,200. He's the fourth favorite. Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma quarterback who wasn't even the starter at the beginning of the year, is plus 1,500. He's next. Kenneth Walker of uh, Michigan State, plus 2,200. And then you have Travion Henderson of Ohio State and Desmond Ritter, the quarterback at Cincinnati. Bijan Robinson is at plus 3,500. He's the running back of Texas. And then you go down the list, and there's uh, you know really no one else that is going to stand out that's going to jump up at you. Um, Tanner Mordecai, the SMU quarterback, is plus 20,000. Now, SMU is currently undefeated, 
and Mordecai would have to have the type of season that uh, there's just no way he's going to win the award. I, 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 I don't never want to say no way, but he's having as good a season as you can have. He leads the nation with 29 touchdown passes, but he has thrown seven interceptions, so that's tough. Uh, he's completing 72% of his passes, but so is Bailey Zappi of Western Kentucky. And Bailey Zappi of Western Kentucky not only is tied there with the 22 touchdown, uh, 29 touchdown passes, right? But Bailey Zappi also has the most passing yards in the nation, or the second most, 3,014. So, you know, you want to talk about Mordecai, you got to talk about Zappi. Zappi, 3,000 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, four interceptions, and he's at plus 50,000. He's not winning the award. You know, the way, the, when you look at these players and, that play for these smaller schools, um, I can't help but think of um, Colt Brennan. And when Colt Brennan was at Hawaii, there was one year he threw 50, he, he threw for 5,549 yards, 58 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions in 2006. And, and that's as great of a season passing as you're going to find. He didn't win the Heisman Trophy. You know? So these quarterbacks from these smaller schools, it's just the numbers would have to be astronomical in order for them to really win this award. And their teams would have to follow suit as well. It's going to go to these top players on the top teams. And C.J. Stroud at plus 450, in my opinion, should be the favorite. Alabama's Bryce Young is having just such a great year. We know that. But he, he's got 26 touchdowns, three interceptions, 2,400 passing yards. Um, just tremendous, right? Doesn't really run the football, so not looking at his rushing numbers. So you're just looking at his passing numbers. But Alabama's remaining schedule, LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, Auburn, SEC title game. Those don't exactly scream to me Heisman moment. Because isn't that what we look for? when we're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner, we're talking about their Heisman moment. Who's going to have their Heisman moment? And for C.J. Stroud, you got a game against Penn State coming up, Nebraska-Purdue, and then Michigan State and Michigan. And one of those opponents, Michigan State or Michigan, one of those opponents is going to be undefeated and cracking the top five. Because those two teams will duke it out here on Saturday. And the winner is, you know, Michigan State's got Purdue and Maryland after the Michigan State game, after the Michigan game. Michigan's got uh, Indiana and Penn State. So the winner of this game is going to be favored in the next two games. And they have Maryland also Michigan. But C.J. Stroud has more opportunities to have a Heisman moment, if you will. 
And I actually think that, believe it or not, Caleb Williams does as well. And it's amazing because Caleb Williams was a name that I suggested before he was even on the board. And then I remember here at Circa, they were one of the first, they put him on the board. And now he's the fifth favorite to win the award at plus 1,500. It's crazy. But I think Caleb Williams will have opportunities to have Heisman moments as well. Because look at what Oklahoma has coming up. And, and, and the talent's undeniable, right? You know, he's had an impact on this team. But Oklahoma's going to have, uh, they got Texas Tech and Baylor coming up. But then they have the Iowa State game, an improved Iowa State game, and then Bedlam against Oklahoma State. So we could be talking about Heisman moments potentially for Caleb Williams. And that's really what I look for when it comes to the Heisman Trophy. Who's going to have the Heisman moment? You want to say Kenneth Walker, Michigan State running back? He absolutely, listen, he has a 300, a 200, high 200-yard performance here against Michigan on Saturday. Might be a Heisman moment. Follows it up with a big-time performance against, uh, you know, big-time performance against Ohio State. It's a Heisman moment. So he could be a, a candidate as well. I just think that there's other guys besides Bryce Young, who is the favorite, that have the opportunity to have Heisman moments on their schedule. Speaking of the rankings, right now, it's kind of, we know what's going to happen here. Um, Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Michigan State, Iowa, Ole Miss is the top ten. The Michigan-Michigan State game, it's not an elimination game on Saturday, but it's an elimination game. Does the loser have a chance? Yeah, there's some sort of three-way tie scenario. They can get back in to the Big Ten championship game, but in terms of the college football playoff, and yes, a one-loss Big Ten champ can still get in if it's Michigan or Michigan State, That you know, because they're going to have to beat Ohio State, right? And then they're going to have to beat whoever comes out of the uh, West, which is going to be Iowa. So it's not an elimination game per se. It just hurts them a loss this weekend. This game is going to be an absolute war. I'm talking a physical, all-out battle that, in my opinion, will come down to the last man standing. Who has the football last? And that's why I've jumped on Michigan State. Michigan State plus four at home seems like a gift to me. Not only is it because of the game script, and I think that it it plays in favor of Michigan State. Like, I think this is going to be a low-scoring physical football game. Both defenses stepping up, not giving an inch. Both offenses struggling to come up with big plays down the field, lots and lots of punts, playing playing it safe, little field position game. I don't think there's going to be uh, you know, going forward on fourth down on the 40-yard line, on the 45-yard line. I think there's going to be some uh, you know, a lot of punts. And I just think that Michigan State at home catching the four when I think this is a field goal game is a gift. But there's other reasons why. And it has to do with the recent history between these two teams. Michigan State, in the last 13 meetings with Michigan, 
is 11-2 against the spread. Yeah. Sparty is 11-2 against the spread in the last 13 meetings between Michigan and Michigan State. And then there's Jim Harbaugh's record. When Jim Harbaugh goes on the road to face an undefeated team, and yes, his team is undefeated and ranked higher right now, but that's not the that's not the point. The point is, when Jim Harbaugh goes on the road against undefeated teams, he is one and eight straight up, one win, eight losses straight up. And now for the kicker. Since 1980, when two undefeated college football teams have matched up after the sixth game of the season, so we're talking 7-0 or better, or 6-0 or better, in those scenarios since 1980, the underdog is 52-27-4 against the spread. I'm taking the four with Sparty. And I think this game goes under the posted total. I think it's going to be a 2017-type football game. I could see it as a 17-14-type football game. Um, I could see it, you know, just one of these ugly, low-scoring 13-10 maybe. I mean, that's what I think is going to happen. I'm Scott Seidenberg. I'll give you some more college football picks coming up next here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my day. Day. <laughs> <laughs>
Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. football season your best sports betting season ever start your recent free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts including 24 7 video streaming daily best bet emails betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game plus full access to vcin.com data and analysis you get everything vcin has to offer for only 22 dollars per month sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe Scott Seidenberg back here. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, gave out the first college football pick of the weekend. It's going to be Michigan State Sparty plus four. I do like the under in that game as well, which is about 50 right now. And my favorite game of the day, and I don't know if it's my favorite bet, but it's just my favorite game. Can't believe I'm saying it. <laughs> but I'm actually looking forward to SMU-Houston more than Michigan-Michigan State. Well, one, because I do think Michigan-Michigan State could get boring if it's going to be such a low-scoring game. And I think that SMU-Houston could be a high-scoring game. So there's that. But also, I think this is just an incredible matchup. There's so much riding on this game. And it's not just for both of these teams. It's also for Cincinnati. We know that. But for Cincinnati, I don't know who they'd rather win in this spot. Right now, SMU is 7-0, undefeated. And yes, it's better for Cincinnati in a couple of weeks to have a matchup against an undefeated SMU team. And at that point, maybe SMU with a win over Houston, a win over Memphis, and a win over Central Florida, which that's the gauntlet in the American Athletic Conference. Maybe not so this year, but that's the gauntlet. Um, And I'll tell you right now, I'm probably going to bet Memphis as a home underdog uh, against SMU next week if if Seth Hennigan's at quarterback for Memphis. But... um, 
SMU could be, what, uh, 8, 9, 10, no at that point. And if they are with those wins, they're probably going to go from 19 to maybe 12 at best. So let's say they're 12-13. It's a good matchup for Cincinnati. But if Cincinnati beats them, well, then SMU is going to have one loss. And right now, the team that is in first place in the conference, along with Cincinnati and SMU, is Houston. And Houston does not play Cincinnati in the regular season. So if SMU beats Houston, and then Cincinnati beats SMU, it's going to be a rematch in the title game between Cincinnati and SMU. Because SMU has the tiebreaker over Houston if they would win this Saturday. And so does it really boost up Cincinnati's resume to beat SMU twice. Because now it's not a win over a one-loss SMU team or an undefeated SMU team, and you beat them, and that's their only loss. And so it makes you look good. Now it's you beat them twice. They're a two-loss team. Kind of downgrades them a little bit, certainly in the computers. I don't know how the committee will look at it, but it does downgrade them a bit. Is it better for Cincinnati if Houston wins this game? And then you look at Houston, a team that lost in week one to Texas Tech, but then rolls off 11 straight wins and probably finds themselves ranked here uh, right now they're unranked, but if they're 11-1, and one, they'll be around the 20 range or so. Maybe a little bit higher in the high teens. Maybe as high as what SMU is right now at 19. And then would it be better to beat an 11-1 and one Houston team in the title game? So you'd beat SMU and then you'd beat Houston in the title game. That could be better. It's just another opponent that adds to your resume. Instead of playing the same opponent twice, it's another opponent. I think that's what they would rather have. But let's talk about this game from the Houston and uh, SMU perspective. With the win, you're pretty much locking up your spot in the AAC title game. (coughs) Excuse me. And... If you go on to beat Cincinnati in that title game, well, there's a chance you could find yourself as the highest-ranked Group of Five champion. And the highest-ranked Group of Five champion does go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Right now, the teams that are battling for that Obviously, is Cincinnati, but Cincinnati could find itself in the college football playoff. So, you know, let's say, eh, well, it's not going to happen, but you'd have to win your conference, which means you'd beat Cincinnati. But anyway, you got Cincinnati. They're the obvious choice. If they don't go to the college football playoff, they're in the New Year's Six, highest-ranked group of five champion, if they win. 
The other teams are SMU at number 19, San Diego State at number 21. Coastal Carolina was in that mix, but Coastal then lost. Um, UTSA still in the mix as well. BYU uh, has an opportunity. Um, But right now, I think the American Athletic Conference has the edge. So the winner of Houston SMU would then have the leg up should they go on to beat Cincinnati. It's asking a lot. But now let's take a look at the game because it's strength on strength. First of all, you got two head coaches that were both on the same staff together at Texas Tech with uh, Sonny Dykes at SMU and Dana Holgerson at Houston. Um, in, in fact, like their recruiting assignments were pretty much where they're coaching right now. Like Dana, Hol- Dana Holgerson took care of the Houston area. Sonny Dykes took care of the Dallas area um, as far as getting, you know, players and stuff to go to uh, Texas Tech. So they're very familiar with each other, both of these coaches. And now, as far as the teams, the home team in this series has covered the last four times that they have played. Houston's defense is elite. They rank fourth in the country in total defense, second in the country in scoring defense behind only Georgia, Second in the country in sacks. They, they've sacked the quarterback 29 times this season. And they're number one in the nation on third down defense. The opponents only convert 23% of the time. Their offense scores 36.3 points per game. Clayton Toon having a very nice season. He's completing 69% of his passing. And they have three running backs that can all wear you down in McCaskill, Mobacar, and uh, Tayshawn Henry. And... For SMU, it's all about their offense. I mean, it is all about their offense, which is as good as you're going to find. They average 525 yards on offense per game. They score 42.7 points per game. And I talked about him earlier, but Tanner Mordecai tied for most in the nation, 29 passing touchdowns. And what's been the most impressive aspect of, Uh, is that he's only been sacked two times. Their offensive line is not allowing sacks. So you have a team that loves to rack up the sacks against a team that limits the sacks. I think this game comes down to the atmosphere, the situation. It's a home game for Houston. Under the lights in prime time, I think they pull the win. I think they get the win here. There's a reason why this game is his pick em, and it even was Houston minus one. I think the game goes over as well. I could see a 35-31 finish, something like that. Totals at 62. Um, this will be the scoring that we thought we were going to get between UCF and Memphis, but we are going to get the scoring in this game. But, but I think that offensively, Houston can keep pace with SMU. They're not that far behind. But defensively, Houston is that much better than SMU. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game, is that Houston's defense will be able to come up with a stop when SMU's defense won't. 
And that's why I think Houston wins this game. I've had it circled for over a week. I was hoping Houston would be an underdog. Game's a pick em. I'm still backing the Cougars. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Joining me next will be our very own Adam Burke from vsin.com. We'll talk a little bit more about these college football games and more here on The Look Ahead on vsin, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on vsin, the sports betting network. Game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits or another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VSIN.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, I talked about my college picks, I have two of them that I've given out already. I do have a third, and it's really chalky. It's really, really chalky. And it's one of the games that I'm going to get into here with our very own Adam Burke. Uh, you read his stuff in Point Spread Re- Weekly. You read his stuff, Burke's betting blogs, blurbs, excuse me, in the daily emails. He is just a busy, busy man at vcin.com, and he joins me each and every week here on The Look Ahead. What's up, Adam? Hey, what's going on, Scott? How are you doing tonight? Good, man. So my, my chalky college football pick of the weekend is going to be the Oklahoma Sooners laying the big number, laying the 20 against Texas Tech. Uh, I think that, yes, you can talk about the way that Oklahoma looked last week, but they're 8-0 for the first time since 2004, and that's all that matters. And to me, this is a complete fate of Texas Tech who – Found out on Monday that their head coach, Matt Wells, was fired. He was said that he was shocked by the decision, so I can only imagine the players were shocked as well. And they lost their starting quarterback, Tyler Shuck. So what am I supposed to expect from the Red Raiders here? I think they're going to run around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Yeah, I certainly think that's a possibility. And also, too, I mean, you look at this from Oklahoma's perspective. I mean, last week against Kansas was embarrassing. I mean, it was a very, very poor performance across the board from the Sooners. Maybe that was their scare. Maybe that's what they needed to kind of refocus, get back into things. And, yeah, you know, you're right, Scott. The more you look at this game, the more you kind of process what happened this week down in Lubbock. I agree. I was surprised that Matt Wells was fired. It's 5-3 and three here so far. He's pretty much played to expectation at this point in the season. I mean, is Texas Tech really doing that much better than him? And if he was blindsided by it, I'm sure the players were as well. And now, of course, as you said, going into this game without their starting quarterback, there are a lot of compelling reasons to like Oklahoma here the more you dig into this game. And I can't blame you for the way that you're going. Yeah, and I I think Oklahoma in the first half is a play as well, minus 10.5. I'd obviously rather it be 10 so you do have any sort of push protection, but uh, it's not even going to matter. I mean, they're going to go up two touchdowns into the locker room in this game. Uh, I have no doubt about that. Situational spots are something that you write about each and every week, Adam, and point spread weekly. So give me a college football situation spot that you've highlighted. 
Yeah, that actually was one of the games I talked about here with Texas Tech and Oklahoma, so that's one that I'm keeping a very close eye on here uh, for this weekend. Another one that I'm looking at here is actually Michigan and Michigan State. And, you know, it's not like it's a weird situational spot. There's no look ahead. There's no letdown, nothing like that. But when you look at the competition that these two teams have played, I mean, look, Michigan has played three teams with a winning record this year. Two of them are from the Mid-American Conference, Western (laughs) Michigan and Northern Illinois. The other one is Wisconsin, who's probably lucky at this point in time to be a 4-3 and team. Michigan State has not played a single team this season that currently has a winning record. So I think it's a very interesting situational spot when you both step up in class the way that these teams are going to here on Saturday. And to me, when I think about a team stepping up in class and really in a situation where both teams are doing it, I start to think about the under. I gravitate towards the under because, look, the offensive numbers probably skewed a little bit. We know these two teams are generally pretty good defensively. A lot of familiarity between the two programs. So I'm expecting this to be an under, kind of a lower-scoring game here between Michigan and Michigan State, and we have seen that total come down from 51.5 to as low as 50 out there in the marketplace. And, and I do agree with that move, and I'll be very curious to see what happens next week with these two teams coming out of this Paul Bunyan Trophy matchup. Well, I've already given it out. I'm on Michigan State plus four and the under because I do think this is a field goal game that comes down to whoever has the football last, and I think it's going to be ugly and low scoring with a ton of punts and with everything that's on the line in this game, these coaches are not going to take chances. There's going to be some punts from like the 43-yard line, Adam. I mean, that's what's going to happen in this game. The field position game, uh, it's going to be physical. It's going to be an all-out battle that I think uh, does play under the posted total, and I'm going to take the points because it's north of a field goal. So uh, I do love that situation here. Talk to me about um, UNLV Nevada on Friday, and why is that a situational spot for you? Yeah, you know, UNLV Nevada here, I mean, look, obviously this is a UNLV team that, you know, hasn't won a game. A lot of people kind of questioning whether or not Marcus Arroyo was the right hire for this program. Look, I think they play hard. I mean, obviously from a statistical standpoint, they don't look particularly good, but UNLV has led four of their seven games at halftime. They've, of course, lost them and have not played well in close games. But we're talking about 20 and a half as the spread for this one. And Nevada has bigger concerns down the line. I know rivalry games kind of get the juices flowing, and obviously there's no love lost between these two teams. But Nevada coming off of a very, very tough loss to Fresno State, but they still wind up playing Air Force and Colorado State this year. And some better teams here in the Mountain West to where they can find a way to control their own destiny to get to the conference championship game. For UNLV, This is it. I mean, this is their season. They cannot make a bowl game now. They can only get to five wins, which they're not going to do anyway. This is their Super Bowl. So getting a 20-and-a-half-point head start here with UNLV in a game that, look, I mean, they, they just have to let it all hang out here. And so I think it's a really good spot for them. And I will say, for those that play the early lines that come out, you know, Sunday at the Circa or Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever, regardless of what happens to UNLV in this spot, I'll be on New Mexico next week against the Rebels just because I think it's a horrific spot next week for UNLV, regardless of how this one plays out. Mm, interesting stuff there. Uh, you have another spot circled, uh, Iowa State at West Virginia. Let's talk about that game. Yeah, you know, for Iowa State here, I mean, they, they pick up that win over Oklahoma State last week, and it wasn't easy, certainly, to say the least. They didn't cover the spread there, and a lot of people made – a lot of that game with Oklahoma State being the ranked team, Iowa State being unranked, still being a touchdown favorite, and all of that. 
But look, this is a pretty standard situational spot here in the Big 12. It is not easy to go and play in Morgantown. It is a great fan base. They get fired up for these kinds of games. They've got a chance to knock off a top 25 opponent at home here. And look, West Virginia played really well last week against TCU. And the TCU program is down quite a bit. But that was a really good performance for West Virginia where they've had some tough losses. They haven't really played up to expectations here so far this season. I think this is a really good spot for West Virginia here, getting the seven. We'll see if they can take advantage of it. I agree that Iowa State is a better team, a deserving road favorite. But this is a very tricky spot for the Cyclones here. Coming off of that Oklahoma State win with the travel to Morgantown, in a spot where I think West Virginia really rallies the troops here to try and get this victory. So I guess a tricky situational spot for Iowa State and one that definitely favors West Virginia. Uh, one more college football situational spot that you've wrote about. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall returning to Provo, Utah for the first time, huh? Yeah, this is really, really intriguing. I mean, look, we talked about BYU a couple of weeks ago when they took on Baylor. Uh, you know, Baylor, of course, took care of business in that game, much to my chagrin as I was on BYU. But in this spot here, you got BYU laying a very short number at home. What's intriguing about this game, along with Bronco Mendenhall going back to BYU, this is the first road game for Virginia in about three weeks. Mm-hmm. So there is that. But it is their first game west of the Mississippi since September 22nd of 2017. They haven't even played a game outside the Eastern time zone in that span. Wow. So now you ask this Virginia team to go on the road, go play in the altitude of Provo, which is very, very difficult to prepare for, obviously. And furthermore, Virginia is a very pass-heavy team. When you talk about what it takes to have the same kind of touch on the football, throwing in the thin air, throwing in the altitude, and all of that, I kind of worry about Virginia here in this spot. There's not a game that I've played. I think the spot does favor BYU. But I think it's a really interesting spot for Virginia here, going to a place they're not accustomed to, and obviously a game that means a lot to their head coach. Yeah, and listen, BYU, um, you know, they're still in the mix to have a very favorable bowl spot at the end of the season. You know, obviously the two losses do hurt them, but they're still ranked, and they win out the remainder of their schedule, and they'll finish as a ranked opponent and, you know, could find themselves in a a decent bowl game. So there's still lots to play for with a lot of these teams, and, uh, you know, especially teams that are, you know, looking for bowl eligibility, things like that. So situational spots galore across the college football schedule. Hey, Adam, uh, you mind hanging on through the break so we can get into uh, a little NFL conversation on the other side? Yeah, absolutely, man. Right, man. Yeah, because, you know, you're still alive in the Survivor. We have to talk about that. And there's a situational spot in the NFL. I don't know if you're buying into it because there are factors that could lean against it. But in terms of a situational spot, it's as good as you're going to get. It is the perfect sandwich of letdown look ahead. He's Adam Burke. You read his stuff on Point Spread Weekly, vsin.com. Burke's betting blurbs in your daily emails, in the subscriber emails. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Uh, follow on Twitter at uh, vsin live is how you get a hold of all of us on Twitter. This is the look ahead. More with Adam Burke coming up next here on vsin, the sports betting guy. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Sports Betting National Championship is coming up November 5th through the 7th. And Beeson will provide coverage from the main event all weekend long, including live on-location updates for all the action. Visit beeson.com slash SBNC for more information. Learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills and win cash, including the million-dollar top prize. That's beeson.com slash SBNC. 
Scott Seidenberg back here with you to look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, rejoined by our very own Adam Burke. You read his stuff in Point Spread Weekly, vsin.com, and the daily emails for subscribers, Burke's Betting Blurbs. I hope you've enjoy- been enjoying reading those each and every morning like I have. Uh, Adam, we just got done talking about some situational spots in college football, and I want to talk about a situational spot in the NFL. The Cincinnati Bengals are coming off the emotional high of not just beating the Baltimore Ravens, but blowing out the Baltimore Ravens. Now in first place in the AFC North, they take on the Jets here on the road before next week taking on the Cleveland Browns in a big AFC North game. They're laying double digits against the Jets. Any concern here for the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a significant amount of concern here for Cincinnati in this spot. I mean, look, also, too, I mean, we're talking about a situation where Cincinnati's a double-digit road favorite for the first time since pre-Y2K. I mean, they haven't <laughs> been a double-digit road favorite since the 90s. So, I mean, look, you already have expectations placed on a team that's not really accustomed to being in that role. And, look, we all know that they're way better than the Jets. And, and obviously, the Jets with Mike White and or Joe Flacco, we'll, we'll kind of see how that whole thing plays out. But, yeah, this is a really big number here, especially when you consider that Cincinnati, look, if they get up in this game, it may just be a complete coast show in the second half where they just barely show up. You know, So this is a situation where the back door could be very, very wide open. Rather than try to trust the Jets here plus the 10, plus 10.5, I'm actually thinking over in this game because I think Cincinnati gets theirs in the first half. Then maybe in the second half their defense just goes into a shell or they play a prevent or a cover four, or something like that, just try to get out of there healthy and happy with any kind of win that they can get. I think maybe this game winds up being a little bit more high scoring than the expectation here, with the Bengals maybe not being completely focused on the defensive side. So that's the way I chose to look at it, but man, that 10.5 does look kind of attractive with the Jets, as crazy as it sounds. I really like that read on the over, because it's a low total, it's 42.5, so uh, I can absolutely see the Bengals getting their high 20s and and you know cruising once they're up 28-6 to six in the third quarter, and then uh, lo and behold, the Jets uh, score a couple of touchdowns and the over hits, so uh, that's something definitely to keep an eye on. Uh, were the Bengals one of the spots that you were considering for the survivor pick? Well, I already used the Bengals here already this season, so I wasn't able to use them in the Survivor article. Uh, I took them actually against the Jaguars in that Thursday night game that that wound up being just a a ridiculous, awful sweat. Uh, But I did already use the Bengals. But, yeah, I mean, look, you absolutely have to consider Cincinnati, especially, too, because one of the things you have to start thinking about at this point in time is when can I use a team if I don't use them now? And when you look at the rest of Cincinnati's schedule here, I don't think there's another great spot to take them. So if you haven't used them yet in your survivor pool, this is probably going to be the last week to do it. So you absolutely have to consider the Bengals here. Okay. Uh, What other games can we consider? Obviously the Rams is such a heavy favorite over the Texans, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Rams make a lot of sense. I don't know how many people still have the Rams available with some of their big favorite roles. Like last week against Detroit, I know the Rams were very popular in week one as well. That's actually when I picked them for the article. But, yeah, I mean, you look at this game and, and you really wonder how Houston has any chance. I mean, it was a statistical mismatch last week against Detroit, and it's an even bigger one here against Houston. So it would be a, a massive shocker if the Rams were unable to win down in the Lone Star State. The one that I think is really interesting here, Scott, and, and I didn't have the stones to take it, 
and I, I think that it may be the most optimal way to go. But if you look at the remaining schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs, there is no other chance to use Kansas City. They play the Packers, they play the Raiders twice, they play the Broncos twice, they have to play the Cowboys, the Chargers again, the Steelers, the Bengals. There's really no other chance to take Kansas City other than this week against the Giants. It will be far and away their biggest favorite role. And Scott, can you imagine trying to win a survivor pool in 2021 and you never use the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, you want to talk about the odds to lay on something like that coming into the season. They would be astronomical. But if you want to win your survivor pool, this is the only remaining week to take Kansas City, in my opinion. So I think that's a really interesting one here. But uh, I don't want to spoil the article. I hope everyone goes over to Beeson.com and reads it. But I will tell you that I am on the other obvious team here for this week as my survivor pick. Uh, this Chiefs. I want to do it. I just, part of me wants to see people take them and watch them lose, you know? Like, it's 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 almost like that uh, I want to root for chaos scenario, but I also want to win my survivor pool, and I think that the other selections aren't going to lose, and the one high spread that I think could have a chance to lose would be this Kansas City Chiefs team. So I might just stay away from it just from that aspect that, Maybe it's a team that people will pick and they'll lose to the New York football giants, but that would just be, I mean, we're talking about a season ending loss if they lose that game to the giants, Adam. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, we also don't know how healthy Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, obviously he made it through concussion protocol and, you know, wound up being okay, at least in a relative sense. But, you know, obviously he's turning the football over like crazy. He's trying to play hero ball, do too much along with the possibility of some kind of residual hangover, so to speak, from getting his bell rung last week. But that's the thing is, at this point in time, I mean, how many elite teams have you already used in your survivor pool? You know, are you able to try and sneak by with Kansas City this week and save a Buffalo who, you know, you really want to take in week 10 or week 11 because there aren't a whole lot of options, uh, you know, those two weeks. The Bills look like a very obvious option there. You know, do you want to save a team like the Rams, if you haven't used them yet, just so you have another one of the league's elite teams. That's the difficulty. You know, you're trying to go 1-0 and every week, but you also want as many 1-0 and weeks as possible. And if you're stuck with all these middle-of-the-road teams throughout the rest of the season, you make it very difficult. So maybe that's the thought process behind trying to sneak Kansas City through this week so you can save somebody else. But obviously there is an enhanced degree of risk with the way that the Chiefs are playing right now. And listen, if if the Chiefs lose at home in prime time, I don't care what the spread is. Just if they lose that game, I mean that's a colossal, a colossal loss. Uh, one of your uh, recent blurbs, uh, and my days run into each other, so it was either this morning or yesterday morning uh, in the subscriber email. But you wrote about teasers, and I always love looking at the board, Adam, and looking at the teaser spots. Uh, and to see, hey, which team do I like to push over a key number? How important is it to tease through key numbers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's critically important to try and get as many key numbers in there as possible, and, and obviously the predominant ones in the NFL being three and seven. And, and this week we don't really have a ton of great teaser opportunities on the board. A lot of numbers in that three, three-and-a-half range or kind of sitting somewhere between three and seven that don't really – give you the optimal teaser opportunities. 
But you want to try to get three and seven as often as you possibly can. That's really, really important. But as I wrote about in the blurb here this morning, the game has changed. You know, you think about the optimal teaser usage with the Wong teaser that came out in his book, Smart, uh, Sharp Sports Betting, in 2001. The game has changed. I mean, we're talking about extra points used to be 98 99%. Now we're 93 94%. So you wind up with some different fall numbers that aren't quite key numbers, but we're seeing more games end with a discrepancy of six points or eight points, something like that. So you still want to get three and seven because they're the most important numbers, but other numbers have increased in importance with missed extra points, teams going for two a lot more often, so on and so forth. So I think you can be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more creative with your teasers here, taking a team up from, say, five and a half to 11 and a half, as I know some people have done with the, uh, the Patriots this week. Mm. You're getting seven, you're getting eight, you're getting ten. You're getting kind of some important numbers there with New England in a situation where that game has a total in the upper 40s. You know, when you talk about the origin, the origins of betting teasers, the average NFL total was, you know, 40 or 41, maybe 42. Now it's 47, 48. So different numbers come into play as a result. I think teaser strategies have to evolve a little bit to kind of keep up with the times. That is a tremendous point. Adam, love talking football with you and look forward to doing it again next week. Absolutely, Scott. Have a good night. There he is. Adam Burke, uh, Skating Tripods on uh, Twitter. You read his stuff, Point Spread Weekly, vcin.com. And if you're not getting those daily emails, make sure you head to vcin.com slash subscribe. Jump on board. Get those emails because great information from Adam Burke every single day. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Let's look at the Thursday night football game coming up between the Packers and the Cardinals coming up next here on The Look Ahead here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 